You thought I forgot, right? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to have every one of you. I have a, a very wonderful scripture. We used to sing it in those days, uh, those days, okay? <laughs> and uh, I used to enjoy singing it. Uh, it's drawn from Isaiah 28, beginning from ver- just verse 16. He says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I lay in Zion a foundation. A tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Whoever believes will not act hastily. I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation. A stone for a foundation. Zion is the church. God has laid in the church a stone for a foundation. He says it's a tried stone. That means this foundation will never fail you. It's a tried stone. A sure foundation for your life because everyone is a builder you are building your life every hearer is a builder if you hear the word of god you are a builder and you are building your life but god says i have provided in the church just only in the church not out there just in zion god has laid in the church a sure foundation for a good life God's giving us that. And then when you read in, in, the, in the book of Matthew, Jesus again was talking about foundation. And I'm going to read through the scriptures so we can fully understand where we're going with this. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 27, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day. So we know there's coming a day when God will be speaking to people about entering into the kingdom of God. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then Jesus said, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And so he goes further. He says, therefore, because of what I've told you now, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, hearers, whoever hears these sayings of mine, 
endorsed them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. That's the sure foundation. The stone. You hear and you do, you build your, rock, your, your life. A wise man who builds his house on the rock. Notice it didn't say a rock. The rock. There is no other rock. There is no other sure foundation. Every other thing is sinking sand. This is the only rock to build your life. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine, the hearer is the builder. When you hear your building, you do, you build well. You don't do, you build foolishly. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. It was founded on the rock. But everyone, not some, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended. Notice, the one on the rock and on the sand, the same, they go through the same experience. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. Into every life, some storm will come. That's what they say. You can't avoid it. It's part of living. Whether you are building on the rock or you are building on sand, you all, all of us will experience this thing. But if he built on that house and it fell and it says great was the fall of it. Now let me show you something. When you build and the, wind, the winds come and the flood and the rain come, you don't have any room or any chance or time to build another house. It's all over. You only have one time to build. Because what you're building is your life. Nothing else. You're building your life. A sure foundation. He who believes does not make haste. That means he who believes does not panic. When troubles come. Because you have built your house. On a sure foundation. Notice before this, Jesus was talking about the fact that many will come to him and say to him, We did this in your name. He says, Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, meaning they actually prayed earnestly. Lord, that's enough. But Lord, Lord means they were praying earnestly. But they didn't do what he said. That's different. That's a big difference. You can say, Lord, Lord, and be honest. He wants action. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 7, God was saying, Yes, 
From the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. From the days of your fathers, you have gone from my ordinances. God says, return to me and I will return to you. Says the Lord of hosts, that's the Lord who is the Lord of the armies of heaven. But then they ask the question, and they say to God, in what way shall we come? God says, return to me. You're gone away. Return to me. I will return to you. In the New Testament, he says, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Go away from him, and guess what happens? God's so far from you. But the people said, how shall we come? That was a question. And so, what we are talking about, a sure foundation here. Jesus had preached his message before Matthew chapter 5, telling the people, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he did a bunch of miracles. And now it was time, now I'm going into the setting of what we're talking about. Now it was time to preach. This was his longest recorded sermon in the scriptures. He started from Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 6 and through chapter 7. And this, what we just read, was the conclusion of his message. So they said, now, in what way shall we come? Now Jesus proceeded in this chapter to tell them how to return back to your God. To come back to him. Return to me and I will return to you. And so he told them, it it was almost like the Ten Commandments, if you read the scriptures. Because over and over again he says to them, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you. You have heard it was said, but I am saying this to you. This is bigger than the Ten Commandments. Now, if you go back to the Ten Commandments, how the Ten Commandments was given, the Ten Commandments was given on Mount Sinai. And there was dark clouds all over that mountain. That was a holy mountain. A dark cloud, lightning all over the place, thunder. The people were so scared. God said, tell the people to consecrate themselves. Tell them not to even come near the mountain. If they get get close, they'll die. And God began to speak to them. And as they heard God's voice, they said to Moses, look, we can't tolerate hearing his, his voice. Look, you talk to him and we'll listen to you. You talk to us. God descended upon that mountain with fire. And that's what they heard. The one who descended on that mountain was the same person on this mountain. The same person. Jesus is God. It descended then, but this time the Bible tells us when he saw the disciples, he went up into a mountain. He didn't descend, he went up. And when he went up, God in the Old Testament told the people, stay away, don't come close, don't even touch the mountain. If you touch it, you die. Moses says, they all know not to touch it. And the Bible tells us in the New Testament, Moses himself said, 
I quaked. Moses was scared. The Bible tells us very clearly in John chapter, uh, I believe it's uh, John chapter 1, verse 17. It says, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, in the Old Testament, they were not permitted to draw near. No revelation. All that they had was dark cloud. No way to really go back to God. But here, after he sat down, his disciples came close. And then the same God opened up his mouth, not with voice that they couldn't hear, that still, small voice. And he was speaking to them. No more antagonism between man and God. Now you can be children. Now you can build your life. Now you can have a good life. If you are willing, it's your choice. It's given to you. So they wanted to know how shall we come. And Jesus began to tell them how to come back. How to truly repent. He used the word repent and believe the gospel. But now this is the way to do it. This is the way to truly repent. Can I hear an amen? You guys are too quiet. And I'm excited. (laughs) This is very important. Notice what Jesus spoke. He never called his words commandments. He called his words sayings. It's like words of wisdom. Words for you to live by if you want to have a good life. You go away from those words and you destroy yourself. Because your life is not planted on the rock. You do what it says, you have a good life. Your marriage will survive and do well and thrive. Amen? Your finances will be okay. And he addressed all of this. You can read from Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. He gave us everything. Prayer, he tells you how to pray. Believing, he tells you how to do it. Fasting, he tells you how to do it. He told us, and we're coming to that. This is just the background for the message. But he told us, don't worry about these things. This is what you should worry about. If you do this, this is what you're going to get. Seek first the kingdom of God. He gave us principles to live. And if you ignore them, you hurt yourself. You know, in life, people like to point to those who are their enemies. (laughs) Let me tell you this. No one can hurt you like you can hurt yourself. You hurt yourself more. So he told us everything that we need to do to return back to God. And as we return back to God, God returns to us. Now, it doesn't, it's not a, a thing that I wonder about when I hear somebody say, well, I don't believe there is a God. Yeah, you're right. You don't believe. You're so far away from you and he knows not to bother with you. That's what's going on. I'm an atheist. Oh yeah, you are. That's right. Because you never feel God at all. He's never near you. You don't want to bother with... He protects your right to go to hell if you want to. That's what it says. According to the scriptures. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and practices... Now, how are you going to practice something that you don't know? How 
are you going to build your life on this rock that God has given to us? In Acts chapter 3, verse 26, the Bible tells us very clearly that, that Jesus was sent by God to bless us. Read it. He was sent by God to bless us. Not to condemn us. And Jesus was clear. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came through, the world, through me that the world may be saved. I came that they might have life. And that they might have it what? More abundantly now. How can you build on the rock if you don't know what his sayings are? I've got to know what his sayings are. That's why we go to church. That's why we read the scriptures. That's why we follow the instructions in the scripture. Not to be religious. So that we can be planted on the rock. Because into every life, some storm. Storms are coming. Waves. But I've got to be planted. And if I'm planted on that rock, it's a sure foundation. Amen. I, nothing takes me out. I am planted on the rock. And life will be good. Foundation for a good life. Foundation for a good life. You know, the first step of this is acquiring the life of God. Because not everyone in the world is a child of God. I'm sorry to say that, but that's the truth. The Bible tells us, I believe, First John chapter 3, verse 8 there, he says, the children of God are different from the children of the devil. And that's God saying it. <laughs> so there are some people, they walk around saying, we're all children of God. No, that's not true. Uh, there are children of the devil. A lot of them are children of the devil. A lot of them, believe me. Because they have not accepted the divine truth. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace to live for God. In other words, if you hear the word and you accept the word, God will give you grace which enables you to do exactly what the word says. In the Old Testament, there was no grace. To do what God was saying. And that's what the Bible tells us. Romans chapter 8 verse 3 makes it very clear to us there. What the law could not do because it was weak. God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He condemned the force of evil against our lives. So that we can have life in him. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And this was grace manifested. God sent his son to show us the way back to him. And he sent his son to bless us. According to Acts chapter 3 verse 26, he sent his son to bless us. So you can receive God's blessing. And so the thing to do is acquiring the life of God. But I want to go back a little bit about the kingdom of heaven so you can understand this word because Jesus talked about the foundation here. He says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, when we hear the term kingdom of heaven, immediately we're thinking way up in the sky, in the very presence of God, the angels are, you know, all there. And that's true. We're getting there. But the kingdom of heaven starts Right here. Right here. 
The kingdom of heaven is right here. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right here. Life on earth and the kingdom of heaven. Look at what this scripture says. Luke chapter 13 verse 24. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say, when Jesus uses the word, I say, that's law. Many, I say, will seek to enter and will not be able. So there are a lot, in the, in the end, people wanting to enter into the kingdom, they strive, they couldn't enter. This is a point of prayer for me. God, please. Okay? Just don't want to go to church, spend all my time, and then... When the time comes for me to get in, I'm not able to get in. A lot of people play games with God. You don't want to go there. You only have one life. If you lose this life, it's eternity. No, sorry, let's do it over. No. It's over. That scares me. Satan is so deceitful, he forces us to focus on what we see in the here and now. We forget there is a life after. That's so important. We get caught up in all these little things and we fight about little things and we're so busy. How long do you have to stay here? Before it's all over. Everything you gather, you leave behind and go. So many will strive to enter. How would you get in when you are not even striving to enter? If Jesus is true, and I know he's true, one day you are going to be faced with this issue. What are you going to do then? What are you going to do? We go to church. This is very important to me. It is very important. Not just being a preacher. You've got to make sure you enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's very important. Because it will be useless to be born just to live for maybe a hundred years. And now for eternity, you have no place with God. Now you are in a separate place, burning, begging for water. That doesn't make sense. I'm not going there. Not after Jesus has shown me the way back to God. I'm going to go. He knows I don't have what it takes to live for God. But he came with grace. Amen? Amen. For by grace are you saved. He came with grace. I can accept the grace of God. I'm not going to insult God's grace by rejecting it. I want it. I want to go to heaven. Many, he says, in that day, they will want to get in, but God says, no. You're not coming in here. Oof. So for all eternity, you thought you were going in and didn't make it. All eternity, you have time for regret. That's painful. You could have made it, but you made your choice. Other things were more important. The work of God didn't hold. It wasn't there for you. Let others do it. Now they are in, enjoying themselves forever and ever. Speaking to Peter and Samson, and please don't talk to Samson about his trials. He doesn't want to talk about that. 
Okay? But you obey with them. This is important. That's why we go to church. Can I hear an amen? You guys are real quiet. That's really important. So strive to enter. I read another scripture here. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom, when the kingdom of God will come, he answered, he answered and said to them, <coughs> the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, you're not going to see it. <laughs> not on the, while we are on the earth. Okay? Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is where? Is inside of you. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the kingdom comes into you. Can I hear an amen? amen? When you make Jesus the king of your life, you see, God is everywhere. Amen? He's everywhere. The day you make Jesus, the day you make Jesus the king of your heart, you got a kingdom. Because the king lives in his kingdom. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hears my voice, opens up, I'll come in, we'll have fellowship. He will be the king. Just listen to the king so you don't get put in prison. <laughs> listen to what he tells you. And life will be beautiful. Amen? Because the king lives inside of you. So you got a kingdom. That's why the Bible tells us the, you, the wind blows. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You are a mystery because nobody understands. The kingdom of God is within you. Now let me tell you the power of the kingdom. Show you the power of the kingdom. Look, look, look at this, what Jesus said. To enter into this kingdom, not just heaven, when we get there, that's important. We've talked about that. But also allowing the kingdom to overtake your life, overflow and take over your life. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I feel like shouting. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I want that. Notice, not, I will give you the key, right? The keys of the kingdom for life, finances, okay? <laughs> Marriage, that's another key, okay? Not just one key. Keys of the kingdom. Everything you need. That's why we're going into what Jesus, he's showing us how to return back to God so our life is better. I will give you keys of the kingdom. And why was he going to do this? This he was actually speaking to Peter. Because Peter recognized you are the son of the living God. And once you know that, and you know he's the king, Peter says, we're not going anywhere, we're staying with you. We may not understand everything that you're saying, but we're staying with you. And Jesus said, who do you think, who, have, who are they saying I am? He said, well, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, it's not flesh and blood that gave this to understanding. He came from my father. And Jesus said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Notice what we do. He says this. 
keys of the kingdom of heaven. When you have the keys of the kingdom of heaven, it affects what happens to you here on earth. Look at what it says. And whatever you what bind on earth, he's bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth, he's loosed in heaven. When you become a believer, you have power of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has power over what's happening here on earth. He has power over what's happening in your life. Whatever you bind on earth, he's bound in heaven. And when he's bound in heaven, earth cannot do anything about it. He's bound right here. So what I don't like, I bind. Amen. And whatever I like, I set loose. Why? Because God has given you the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom. So that's what Jesus was telling us here. How to obtain the keys of the kingdom. How to enter into the kingdom of God so that you can operate with kingdom principles and kingdom powers and make life beautiful for your life. And for your children. Because God says he will bless your children. He flows from one generation to the other. That's what God says. And so, in closing, because of my time. Yes. Thank you, brother, for that time. <laughs> yeah. But he tells us the beginning. And I'm, I'm going to then continue next week. The very beginning. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. He started speaking. He uses the word blessed. Why? Because God sent him to bless us. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For what? Uh, We're back to the kingdom of heaven, right? (laughs) And all his power, right? Humility. Humility. That's the first step. That is when you acquire the life of God. When you realize... Notice, not poor in money. Not poor in property. Okay? Poor in spirit. When God has opened your eyes to recognize, I need God. That means you were blessed from heaven. Just the understanding that, look, something is not right. I have a lot of deficiencies in my life. Something is not right. I need God. If you can think that way, if you can feel that way, Jesus said, the reason you feel that way is because you have been blessed from above. It's a blessing. To feel I need God. It's a blessing. If you don't feel like you need God, you're cursed. Because you're going to face the consequence someday. So Jesus tells us to be born First, into the family of God, to acquire the kingdom of heaven. The first place to go is a place of humility, where you recognize, I need God badly. And guess what God wants? This principle for living, don't stop there. Stay needing God forever. Amen. Don't stop there. Because God wants you to stay with in that position of humility so that he can keep pouring into your life the kingdom of heaven. 
and the kingdom of heaven has dominion and power over the kingdom of this world, of the whole world. That's what we need. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Every one of us today needs that kingdom of heaven. Many strive to get in. They couldn't enter. I know we're thinking there, but he's talking about here first. Because other things were more important. We'll come into that. But if nothing else is as important as this, you can have the kingdom of heaven flow in your heart today. You can. All you have to do is humble yourself and say, God, you know, just like those prisoners, they said, you know, Pastor, we prayed that prayer before, but I'd never understood what I was doing. Tonight, I know exactly what I've done. And they they now know that they are saved. They belong to the family of God. You can do that today. All heads bowed to this morning. Question is, do you truly, truly, because God will not deny you, do you truly, truly want the kingdom of heaven in your heart, in your life? Do you truly want to build on that rock? If that's you, why don't you humble yourself, maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time, before the God who created you, young or old, but say to God, you know, I get this message today. This is you. I need you in my life. That's all you're saying. I want to make you the king of my life. If you do that, I'm very certain that Jesus of Nazareth will immediately become the king of your life. And things will be different. You know, when a king reigns, he reigns around beauty. Amen? Everything around him is beautiful. He'll make that happen. Because he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. At the count of three, if that's you today, you said, Pastor, I want to pray that prayer. I'm going to make Jesus king of my life. I understand it. I get it. And I'm ready for him right now. If that's you at the count of three, why don't you just raise your hand up? Put it back down quickly. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you for your your humility before God. With the rest of us, let's all, all of us pray this prayer because we need Jesus. We constantly need Him. Stay with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to be my savior and my Lord today I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ the son of God is my Lord and my savior Jesus I welcome you into my life Be the king of my life. Thank you. I know you heard my prayer. I believe my prayers are answered. I believe you are now in my life. Show me how to serve you. How to walk with you. 
how to build my life on the rock of God. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. God bless you.